0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through You'll be set for life Second Kings eleven and uh yeah. Come to, don't get too heavy on the uh, volume on me today because I'm excited about this one and I'm liable to get loud. I had this one all studied up and then I got home and the Lord goes, Nope, you got more to do. So I had to get back on in it again. So I, I had to do a lot more study and I saw new things and new things and new things and I got excited and that's the way the Bible's supposed to do. It's supposed to get you very excited. If you can't read the Bible, and if you read the Bible and you don't get excited, I just, there's something wrong with you because the fact that the Lord came for us and did so much work to prove himself to us and to show him you can trust me and I will take care of your mess that you got yourself into, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know, I don't know what else to tell you except more Bible. So anyway, um, now I know I've been, I've been told that, that I deliver messages more like a uh, Bible college professor. Than a pastor would do. But yeah, but because that's what I did. I did four years of Bible college, so that's what I got used to doing. I study like that. I'm going to deliver it like that. It is what it is. That's what it is. Okay, so we're just going to go. But uh, before we get into it, you know, I just come out with my hook line, my little why should you care moment, because uh, we're going to be in 2 Kings 11. It's about David's line still lives, David still had a line on the throne. And I got to thinking about preserving something, that you have to preserve things. Like, uh, I I always think about mom's sourdough bread. She always made sourdough. And I know that she had a starter that she would make it from. And you got to keep that starter good. Don't ask me the details about the most I know about sourdough is the hamburger I buy at Bighorn. That's about it. But I know you have to keep a starter. And if it goes bad, then that's it you lost it. So you, you got to keep that s- starter going to some, some level. So um, David's line, though, was promised by God to be preserved. It was going to, there was always going to be someone from David's line to sit on that throne. And we're going to see something happen about that here in Second Kings 11, where the line of David comes under great threat, and the Lord is going to have to preserve it. Before we get into it, let's pray past my flaws and yours, because we all have them, right? Father, we come before you in your word, however well or not well I do this today, Lord God, we leave it up to you that you'll expand it out and, and give us the knowledge and understanding that we need. It's your word, not me. Thank you for giving me the position to stand up here and just tell everybody what I found. And Lord, I pray that if I can at least get what's in my head out of me and into them, then I at least did that much good today thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And I certainly hope I can get out of me into you what I got into you. So it's, that, that'll be an accomplishment right there. Because boy, this one took some twists on me. <laughs> so if you, if you like a story with turns in it, here it comes. 2 Kings 11, verse 1 when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. We're going to get a lot of information out of one verse. So also we're going to get into some crazy family tree stuff here. Now, Athaliah, that was the daughter of King Ahab of Israel, which means that wicked Jezebel was Athaliah's mother. So that ought to tell you a lot about this woman right here. This woman was about as wicked as Jezebel was. Also, Athaliah was married to King Jehoram. If you remember that guy that died of that intestinal disease. And so when he died as king, their son Jehoram took over the throne. Now, we I'm taking you around today. Keep up. or you, know, you lose it for a second, you're lost. Okay, I'll do the best I can. So now her son Jehoram. Remember when Jehu was annihilating Ahab's line, he was taking all of Ahab's line out. He killed that line, but also uh, Jehoram got killed at the same time. Remember that he went to go see how the one king was doing. He killed him, but he also killed Jehoram as well. That was her son. That was Athaliah's son. And so now Athaliah, she found the opportunity to take the throne for herself. But to do that, She had to kill off all the royal heirs, all the sons that had a right claim to the throne. And I'll tell you guys, this is, even going through the week, doing my research, this is where I got really confused. I got real confused when she started killing the royal heirs. Not just because that was a bad thing to do, but I'll tell you why. Let me take you back to the previous chapter where Jehu was cutting off Ahab's heirs from the throne. Remember the 70 sons. That they all got decapitated and they they brought their heads to the gate, okay? So I got to thinking if they killed off all these 70 sons and brought their heads to the gate, then who are all these heirs that Athaliah started to kill off? Who are these guys? Athaliah is Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. So who are these heirs now? I thought Jehu took care of all that. Who's she killing? that's the first thing that hit me. What's going on here? So I started thinking, well, if they were not heirs of Ahab's line, then they had to be heirs of who? They had to be heirs of David. But how did we jump from Ahab's line through Athaliah into David's line that she would start killing the heirs of David? How did this happen? So I thought, wait a minute, we switched from Ahab's family line in the kingdom of Israel to now we're in David's line over the kingdom of Judah. So I got to digging into this because this messed me up, guys. I thought, well, I don't even know what to do with this whole sermon, and I'm stuck on the very first verse. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Let me show you a picture of what I found, and I hope you can see it. I want to show you, um, this is the line of kings from both kingdoms of, of Israel. I know you can't read the names, but I'll, let me help you out. The, the left is the kingdom of Israel on the left side, and the kingdom of Judah is on the right. And on the right side, it starts up there with King Saul. It works down to David, Solomon, and all that, okay? On the left side, I believe it starts with Jeroboam, and it starts working down to all these, these other kings over there. But I want you to look, if you can see it, there is a place where both lines intersect together. Both family lines come together, and they come together at Athaliah. They come together at her, and I'm like, "Oh, that's that explains everything." You got the kingdom of Judah line of kings, you got the kingdom of Israel line of kings, and they came together, boom, at one person, and that was Athaliah. So what this means is Athaliah was Ahab's daughter, but she married Jehoram, who was a descendant of David. This means that Athaliah produced children with Jehoram who were now David's descendants because she married in to David's line. I was frazzled when I first got into this. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So it's right here at Athaliah. There's an intermarriage that crossed over into the Davidic line of kings. This means Athaliah's children with Jehoram because Jehoram was a descendant of David, Athaliah's children are now descendants of David so in verse 1 where we read that she started destroying the royal heirs this means that she started killing her own grandchildren that's what this woman started to do we know where she got this wickedness from she has that spirit of Jezebel of her mother right goodness sakes now that's not the worst of it though This means that because of her unbelief, due to her unbelief, she had a level of ignorance that kept her from seeing the fact that she started trying to cut off God's covenant promise to David. Remember, the Lord God told David, I will keep your line. Now she's trying to kill the line, the Davidic line. I won't tell you how long it took me to figure out what I just gave you in five minutes, but I'm very excited about it. Okay, this was a lot of work in this one. This tested me, I'm telling you. I want to show you what the Lord told David in First Chronicles 17:11 It says, And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever forever. The Davidic line has to be maintained forever. And here's Athaliah trying to kill them off. She's trying to kill off all the boys, her own grandkids. You had a cut in from wicked Ahab's line, a cut in that got into the Davidic line to try to come in and cut everybody off. This is an attack on covenant right here. This is the enemy trying to steal away what God promised you in that family line. In the previous chapter, we, or chapters, we had read that the Lord had acted, he had to act to annihilate the entire royal family line of Ahab. But now here in chapter 11, it flips around back the other way, and now the Lord has to act to preserve an entire family line. One chapter, he wipes a line out. The other chapter, he's got to keep a line. <laughs> Is the Bible not exciting? It's like, we just went from this way to that way. I like like twists and turns. It makes it fun. If you step back and look at this overall picture, you could possibly say that since the Lord killed off Satan's plan, the Lord killed off that bad line of kings, possibly here that now Satan was going to try to kill off the Lord's plan by using Athaliah to cut off the covenant promise that God made to David. Now, if Satan can make God look like a liar... I promise your line's always going to be here, but he, if, if, if he got Athaliah to kill off David's line, if Satan can make God look like a liar, then nobody will ever trust God again. Nobody will ever believe a thing he says because God is incapable. He's incompetent. He can't keep a promise that he makes one. If God says, I promise to save you, well, you didn't save David's line. I don't believe it. You see the damage that's going on here that Athaliah is trying to do? So, also, if David's line were cut off, then the promised Messiah Jesus would never come to die for the sins of the world, and then all of us would have no way to be saved from the eternal flames of condemnation. If she cuts that line off, you and I are toast. You see how severe this is. So, this is how bad wicked Athaliah really was, not just for Israel. Not just for back then, all that was back then. This has us in it. This involves you and me. Our very plan of salvation was in there. This woman tried to take your salvation away. Again, as the, the wife of Jer- uh, as the wife of Jehoram, she actually furthered David's ancestral line, her kids. But now she was killing off her own grandkids so that she could claim the throne for herself. And that's where we are already in verse 1. Look at how much information we got out of one verse. <laughs> like I said, this this story started unloading itself on me, and it scared me. I thought, oh no, what do I do with all this? Well, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So while we're here, though, about her, I found out some information about Athaliah's son Ahaziah. Now, remember that Jehu was out to kill Ahab's entire family line from before, And so if Ahaziah was not in Ahab's line, but Ahaziah was actually in David's line, remember, Ahaziah was in David's line, then why did Jehu kill Ahaziah? The Lord said, kill off Ahab's line, why did he kill Ahaziah if he was in David's line? I want to show you what I found about Ahaziah while I was on it in Second 2 Chronicles 22.3. It says, he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother advised him to do wickedly. Well, there's a Athaliah in there again. She told him to act like this. So no, Ahaziah was not in Ahab's line. He was in David's line, but the Lord had him killed off because he had Ahab's wickedness in him. King Ahab's wickedness was going in him because dear old mom told him, here's the way you should act. (sighs) Guys, I'm getting a headache a little bit here. Hope you can keep up with me. (laughs) So anyway, that was just a little bonus bit of information I found there. Follow me now on what's going on here. Athaliah, she was so crazy wicked that in her selfish unbelief, and guys, unbelief will make you ignorant. It'll make you completely ignorant of everything that God's trying to do. If you haven't read the Bible, I suggest you get busy on it now as quick as you can. You need to be aware of what's going on, okay? She was so wicked that in her unbelief, she actually started working against the Lord's covenant promise trying to kill off the heirs. She was actually working against covenant. You're never going to win when you work against the Lord's plan. And so now the Lord has to take action to preserve his covenant promise to David before Athaliah tears it all down. The Lord has to act. So let's see what the Lord does about it. After I got past this first verse, I'm like, oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Second Kings 11 But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, which means he's an heir, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. Well, there you go. That's how the Lord God did it. He took a descendant of David and tucked him away to avoid Athaliah's destruction. God knows what he's doing, guys. You you can't beat him at this. He sees what's going on. And so Jehoshaphat was related into the family, but thank God she was not tainted by that same wicked Jezebel spirit that Athaliah was so messed up with. She's doing right. She could see the Lord's hand at work. Now, there in verse 2, where it says, they hid, where they hid Joash. Who is they? It's it's Jehoshaphat and her husband, who is the high priest Jehoiada. They hid him. So they both worked together to hide Joash. And guys, where did they hide him? In the temple of God of all places. They hid him in the temple of the Lord. This guy is getting a good start, isn't he? of all places to, oh go stick him in a cave somewhere no we're gonna hide him in the temple of god so you gotta figure at this time in history the temple of god was me- it was kind of messy it was in disrepair it wasn't what it used to be it had been plundered people stole stuff out of it and Athaliah hated the lord so much because of all the Baal worship that had been going on you know the temple of the lord was the last place that she would ever think to look and they put him right there in the temple, and they're not gonna, she's not going to find him. <laughs> it's kind of like hiding in plain sight, right under her nose, right? So for six years, this husband and wife team, they raised Joash in the temple while they made plans to build up allies that would help them get Joash properly coronated. We have got to get this guy in as king somehow. So they had years to figure out how to do that when the time was ripe. 2 Kings 11 and 4. In the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the bodyguards and the escorts and brought them into the house of the Lord to him. And he made a covenant with them and took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. Then he commanded them, saying, this is what you shall do. One third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall be keeping watch over the king's house. One third shall be at the gate of Sur, and one third at the gate behind the escorts. You shall keep the watch of the house, lest it be broken down. The two contingents of you who go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord for the king. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. Okay, they're about to make a big move here. This is a bold move. So Jehoiada, he took everybody. He goes, hey, I need all you guys, you captains, to come look at this kid. I want you to come see this. This is a legitimate son of David. He has a rightful claim to the heir. This kid is going to be our next king. Everybody already knew that Athaliah had no valid claim to rule. She was not legitimate at all. But they didn't know how to do a hostile takeover to take the throne from her until now. Now they got something going that they're going to try to do. So Jehoiada had these secret plans to conduct a sudden coronation day. Nobody knows this is going to happen. Okay. Only Jehoiada and his wife knew about this, this kid. Nobody knows. He's just now starting to tell everybody, but the whole land, nobody knows the first thing about it. We got to spring this and we got to do it right. So Jehoiada had these plans, right? So he had to tell the military captains how to position themselves to protect the ceremony so that nobody could stop it. Now he chose a Sabbath day. Why a Sabbath day? I I think there was possibly a feast on this Sabbath day, which meant there was going to be unusually large crowds of people. There's going to be lots of people around the temple area. And the point in this was that a lot of people needed to see this coronation happen. This is going to be the time to do it when lots of people are here. So he divided the Military into three different groups. The first group was to guard Joash in case any, anyone loyal to, if anybody was loyal to Athaliah, if they tried to break in and cause trouble, maybe kill Joash and stop it, he, they were to protect the king. And there was another group that was stationed at the palace because that's where Athaliah was probably at. If she tried to start trouble, they needed to catch her there before she could make it to where Joash was. And a third group was to be at the gate to stop any opposition that was going to try to run through. Hey, what's going on here? What are you doing? We're going to stop this. So he, he strategically placed these military groups to keep everything secured. And Jehoiada gave strict, strict orders. You kill anybody that tries to stop Joash from being crowned. Anybody that tries to stop this, you slay them right there. This is going to happen, okay? Friends, what we see out of this, as serious as this is, is that the Lord God is very serious when it comes to keeping His promises. He will strike anything and anyone down that dares try to stop His plans. He will not let it happen. This is serious, okay? Nothing or no one is going to stop God's Word from being fulfilled, ever. Your very salvation and mine is dependent on God's covenants being upheld and fulfilled. And so aren't you glad that the Lord God fights for us? That's what's going on here. He's fighting to keep his covenant for you and me. Your salvation is in this picture. He's keeping it. It's amazing. 2 Kings 11 and 9. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath... ...with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath... ...and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds... ...the spears and shields which had belonged to King David... ...that were in the temple of the Lord. Then the escorts stood, every man with his weapons in his hand all around the king from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple by the altar and the house. Wouldn't you have loved to have been here on that day? I'd have loved to have been there. I'm thinking big stuff's about to happen. Big things are about to go down. That's the way I'd have felt here. Something big's about to happen and this has to go right. So all these commanders, they took their positions to protect young Joash, who is seven years old at this time. Now, the reason they used these special shields and spears from King David's day is because they were all special ceremonial gear. It wasn't typical fighting gear. And this gear would help the crowds of people recognize, whoa, we haven't seen these shields since we we coronated a king.